I want to talk today about one of my favorite subjects. I'm not a um, theologian. I'm not. You all know that. But I have a theology. Well, I do have a theology. I have a theology on the blood of Yeshua. I believe in the power in the blood of Yeshua. And it's probably one of the most misunderstood, inappropriated, it's not been appropriated effectively in the body of Messiah over the last many years. And I want to see that we really understand what the blood of Yeshua is all about. It's powerful. You know, in the Torah portion today, we looked at, it's all about the sacrifices of the oxen and the lambs to make the altars presentable and so that to prepare the way before the Lord. There had to be a shedding of blood. And yet we, there is no temple today. Yes, there is. It's here. And guess what? His blood has been shed and it covers the, the thresholds of our heart. It covers us. It not just takes away our sin, it forgives us of every, of all sin. And, and we're able to come into a relationship. It's the blood. And I'm going to talk about that today. So you're going to hear my theology on the blood. We're in the midst, we're in the midst of a cleansing and a purifying of the ecclesia from perversion and false grace. False grace. But this is not a time to fear but a time to yield to that cleansing. It's a good thing because God wants to, and I've been saying this over many weeks, he wants to impart, pour his glory in us, which means a cleansing has to take part, take place in these bodies so that he can make room, so we can make room for his glory. Amen? So we're making a declaration. There is power, power, power in the wondering, working blood of Yeshua to defeat every stronghold of sin in our lives. I believe that. I've seen that happen. God is in the process of doing that in my life and in all of our lives. God is able, through his blood, the blood of Yeshua, to defeat every stronghold of sin in our lives. Just as the shedding of blood was characteristic of a consecrated life in the Tanakh, his blood today is sufficient to defeat and destroy every enemy coming against us. We need to understand the blood. Leviticus 17, it says, For it is the blood that makes atonement because of the life. The life is in the blood. So we're going to be looking at one of my favorite books today and one of my favorite chapters and if we don't have an understanding of Romans chapter 6, we're not going to really understand who we are, our true identity. We're not going to understand the authority we have. And we're not going to understand the new relationship that we are in and the relationship that we have with sin. We're not going to understand that. A revelation of this is a key, a revelation of all of this scripture, but especially as we look at Romans chapter 6, the revelation of this is key to walking in true freedom and experience grace in our lives. And I'm not talking about false grace. And when I talk about grace, I'm talking about the indwelling presence of Yeshua in us to be and to do everything that he's called us to be and to do. That's what I see as grace. It's the person of Yeshua in us that enables us, empowers us, gives us the authority to be everything that we, he's called us to be and to do everything he's called us to do. 
So we're going to start our journey into Romans chapter 6, and we're going to be talking about this for the next couple of weeks. And I'm going to try to, no, I won't. I said I'm going to try to shorten this a little bit. No, I won't. I'm going to start in Romans 5.20, a verse, couple of verses in Romans 5. First of all, I encourage you to read all of, of, of the book of Romans, especially Romans 5 and 6 and 7. And then it, when we understand Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8, then we don't have a problem with Romans 9 through 11. We really don't. It kind of flows. It's a letter written by Paul. It wasn't verse, a chapter. It was a letter of love written by Paul to believers in Rome. Romans 5.20, it says, Now the Torah came in so that transgression might increase. Now, I'll be honest with you. I struggled with this verse for a lot of years, for these, for these chapters, for these verses. I, I, I struggled with this. Now the Torah came in so that transgression might increase. But where sin increased, grace overflowed even more. Verse 21. So that just as sin reigned in death so also grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Messiah Yeshua our Lord. Amen. And I'm going to make some statements here. You may disagree with me, but I'm going to bring you back to the word here. We don't have to accept, we don't have to tolerate sin as part of who I am. And I'm not saying we won't sin. I'm not talking about sinless perfection, but I'm saying we don't have to accept it. We don't have to tolerate it in our lives. Some of us do. Some of us just have a mindset that I am just a forgiven sinner. That is my little bugaboo. No, you're not. I really struggle. You might theologically disagree with me, but I am saying you are not just a forgiven sinner. Paul, when he talks about that, he's talking about a past tense life. You are new. You're a, you're a new creation, a saint. You are Kedoshim. A holy one set apart for him who happens to tend. Sometimes you fall and stumble and sin, but that is not who you are. Sinner is an identity. And too much of the church is locked into the identity of I'm a just a sinner. Well, after all, I was born this way. It's just natural for me. Well, I'm, at least I'm better off than that person over there. Or I'm angry, because it's, but it's not my fault. I'm, I'm Irish, and so I'm angry. <laughs> I am. I'm just using that as an example. I'm not Irish, but I love the Irish. Or, you know, my father was angry, so, and my, my father was abusive, so that's the way I am. And we settle for that. And God says, I don't want you to settle for that any longer. The lie that you're just a forgiven sinner. And, well, that's the way we are. With that mindset, how can we expect to be bold in the face of all the opposition that we're going to have coming against us? But that scripture in Romans 5, it talks about, Shall we keep on sitting habitually so that God could keep on forgiving us and showing his grace more and more? That's how I used to read that. Well, wait a minute. If I sin more, there's more grace. So keep on sinning because there's more grace. Total misunderstanding. So let's break it down a little bit. What is sin? I'm not talking about individual acts of disobedience. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something much more insipid, much more than just the act of sinning. I'm talking about a power 
that lives within us. It's a sinful nature. We need to understand the context that we're looking at here in, in Romans 5 and verse 21. It says, <clears throat> I just read this, so that just as sin reigned in death, right here in this verse, sin is personified as a reigning king. It's personified. It has an identity. And it, it is a king that reigns over you in a particular state. It's used as a noun in this verse. So let's look a little bit more. If you go to Romans chapter 7, it gives a little bit more description about this power of sin. And it's important that we understand the power of sin as opposed to, you know, stealing a cookie from the cookie jar, an act of disobedience. It, you know, just to throw this out, most people, you know, the scripture says, for we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And and that somehow it was when we sinned the first time that that's when we became a sinner. Whether it was stealing a cookie from the cookie jar when you were four years old or whatever. And that's when I became a sinner. No, you were born into a sin nature because of Adam. And whatever you're born into, you have to die out of it. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more. So... I hope you brought your sleeping bags because we'll go. No, I'm too good. But in Romans chapter 7, verse 17, and these are so important to understand. Shaul is writing this. So now it is no longer I doing it, but sin dwelling in me. I used to see this as the biggest cop out. Oh, it's not me. It's sin. It's not me. It's not my fault. It's not me. It's who I am. It's sin dwelling in me. For I know nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, in this body. For to will... To will, the will is to want to do what is right. For to will is present in me, but to do the good is not. For the good that I want, I do not do. But of the evil that I do not want to do, for of the evil that I do not want, this I practice. But if I do what I do, but if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I doing it, but sin that dwells in me. So Paul identifies this power, it's in me, but good news is it is not of me. It is, not, it is in me, but it is not me. It is not my nature as a born-again believer in Yeshua HaMashiach. As a matter of fact, he goes on a few verses later and says, Who will rescue me from this body of death? Praise be to God. Thanks to God. It is through Messiah Yeshua, our Lord, and his blood that I've been rescued out of that relationship with sin. I am no longer subservient to that king sin that reigned in me. I don't have to obey its whims any longer. That's good news. So there's difference between acts of disobedience and a habitual, continued sin out of an identity. Is it making sense? Just, we, are you getting it, Mary? I want to know. Mary, you look a little bit like you're... Okay, just stay with me. Stay with me, Mary. Because I know once Mary gets it, y'all get it. <laughs> so if you would put on uh, Romans uh, 6.1, if you would put that verse up there. First question, what shall we say then? 
Are we to continue in sin so that grace may abound? Don't answer it. You say what you're going to say, you say it, and then you say it again. But let me reread this. Let me, let me, let me say this verse. In a, let me paraphrase this verse again. You have this verse up here. Let me paraphrase verse 1. Shall we continue habitually to sustain the same relationship with the sinful nature that we sustained before we were saved? A relationship was not, which was most cordial, a relationship in which we were fully yielded to and depended upon that sinful nature and all of this a habit of life? Shall we stay in that condition? Shall we continue in that condition? Okay. The word continue, let's stop and work this through. That word continue in there, in the Greek, it, it is minyo, minyo, or I don't know exactly how to pronounce it, but minyo, M-E-N-O, which means to remain, ab abide, like in a house as a guest. It implies fellowship, dependence, and subservience. So the answer that Paul gives to that, shall we continue in that relationship as if we're living in this house and we're subservient to this relationship? Shall we continue in that relationship with sin? What's Paul's response? May it never be. May it never be. We died to this nature by his blood. We were born into it because of Adam. Thank Adam. If you go to, I'm not, we don't have time today, look at Romans 5, 12 through 20. It talks about who we were, what happened to us, Adam's sin, and because of Adam's sin, it was passed on to us. We were born condemned. We were born sinners. That was my identity. I could actually choose to do good things, but I'm still in a sin nature. You can be morally perfect, morally do things, but if you're not in a righteous relationship with Yeshua, you're lost. I hate to say that, but that's the truth. So I'm going to read the rest of these because we need to understand that sin nature, if we're born again, that sin nature that we were born into, according to these scriptures that I'm going to read now, we have died out of it. And to show you how we died out of this. Starting in verse 3. Are you getting it now, Mary? I think so. Okay, cool. Or do you not, verse 3, starting in verse 3. Or do you not know that all of us who were immersed into Messiah Yeshua were immersed, immersed into his death? Therefore, we were buried together with him through immersion into death in order that just as Messiah was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become joined together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also will be joined together in his resurrection. Knowing our old man was crucified with him. Everybody say, my old man was crucified with him. My old man was crucified with him. How dead is dead? It's pretty dead. Dead as a doornail, as, as a Scrooge would say, Ebenezer Scrooge. Dead as a doornail he was for these past seven years. Forget it. We're going to move on here. Okay. 
Verse 6, knowing our old, sinful, our old man was crucified with him so that the sinful body might be done away with so we no longer serve this power of sin in us. For, we who have died, who, for he who has died is set free from sin. A dethroned monarch can no longer control us. Is sin in our body? Yeah, it's in our body. It's like if this was a wooden rail... And I'm taking my hand and I'm running over this. And I get a splinter in my finger. Okay? It causes pain. And it's in me, but it is not part of who I am. It has no power over me. Sin has no power over you because Yeshua lives in my spirit. And you see, before I was born again, sin had complete, total access to my spirit. But guess what? Yeshua took up residence. He inhabits my spirit. And where Yeshua is, there can be no sin. He is not present in my spirit. So in my spirit, I am absolutely, totally, perfectly, completely saved. Answer that phone, would you, Linda? Come on. What is going on? Is that Pete wanting to know how you did today? Okay. Spam risk. A dethroned monarch. The power they once yield, that once that they once yielded over us has been permanently broken by the blood of Yeshua. That is the power of the blood of Yeshua. That power, it's in us, but it has no power over us anymore. See, we're not very good. We're not successful at being at sinners. We're not being. We're not successful sinners. We're not. To sin is against our new nature. When we are born again, we have a new nature. We are now the righteousness of God and Messiah. It's not our nature. That doesn't mean, and again, I'm not preaching sinless perfection. I am not. But understand, now it's, we have a new relationship with the power of sin in us. Because the Ruach now lives in my heart. It lives in my spirit. There's been a great exchange. When it says the old man was crucified, it means the old, dead, unregenerated spirit was put on the cross with Yeshua 2,000 years ago. It's dead, gone, buried. And just as Yeshua was resurrected, was buried and resurrected and ascended to the Father, that's where we are. Where am I seated right now? I'm seated with him in heavenly, in heavenly places. This is so important for us to understand this. It's so important. To truly be born again, we should not be comfortable with habitual sin. That's what the word is saying. Yes, ma'am. I think he's explaining the, the struggle that so many of us have. Yes, I want to, I will to do God's will in my life, but I still have flesh. I still have a choice to sin. But now it's a choice to sin. Before, when I was in the nature of sin, that was just my nature to sin. Even when I was good works, they were still dead works. 
You can do good things, but the scriptures call them dead works. Okay? But now in Messiah, and Paul is describing a frustration that a lot of us feel the flesh, which we still have, and we're still called to cruise. There's a difference, and I can get into this whole thing here. There's a difference between the old man, the unregenerated spirit, dead spirit that we were born with. There's a difference between that and flesh. Flesh is when I choose to do my own thing using my own resources, skills, abilities, abilities independent of God. Are we able, still able to do that as believers? Absolutely. We can walk after the flesh. That doesn't mean we're in the flesh. It doesn't mean that the old man is still living. He's been, we, this is where we have to have that revelation. He has been crucified. He's dead. And that's why, and I'm going to talk about this. In Romans chapter 12, maybe I already passed this up. In Romans chapter 12, we read this, this earlier. It says, um, I urge you, therefore, because of this new relationship that we have with sin, we're dead to that and no longer. I urge you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. One time? No. Continually present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is a spiritual service. Do not be conformed to this world. See, in the spirit, it is a done deal. But in the area of our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, it is in process. I'm going to talk more about this next week. We're in the process of working out our salvation because my mind has not completely been transformed. It's in the process of being transformed. It's in the process of being renewed. My will, I don't always make the right decisions. It's in the process of being transformed. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Exactly. It's a desire that we have. I desire to do what God wants me to do. Does that mean you always do what God wants you to do? No. And that's what Paul's describing there. Good point. Good point. Yes. Two minutes? <laughs> that ain't going to work, guys. <laughs> We're crucified with him. So can you explain the scripture that says to take up our cross daily. When we were coming, September 17th, 1979, my old man was crucified with Yeshua on the cross. Okay? Done deal, born again, sealed forever in him. Take up your cross daily. I have to daily put to death the works of the flesh. Does that explain it? You daily put to, you daily, you pick up your cross daily to follow after him. Because my flesh will probably have till the day I die, but scripture says in, in, in Galatians 5, 24, it says, you crucify your flesh. The hard work's been done. The blood sacrifice has already been made. Okay. Well, let's move along. We've only got a few more minutes. You guys are here. You're not going anywhere, right? Okay. <laughs> not right now. Okay. If we're truly born again, like I said, we're not comfortable with habitual sin. The Ruach 
lives in me. Where does he live? He lives in my spirit. It corrects me. It challenges me. It gets me to the point where I call out and cry out to repent of the things that I don't want to do. Because there's a living relationship going on between the spirit in me and my mind, my will, and emotions. See, if we confess our, the scripture in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, so I'm, that's why I'm saying I'm not preaching sinless perfection because we do sin occasionally, but it's not a habitual lifestyle. There's a difference. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteousness, righteous to forgive our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. That is the power in the blood of Yeshua. That's why we no longer go to Jerusalem and slaughter oxen and, and lambs and cattle and, and, and bring those sacrifices, that bloody, that bloody place on that hill in Jerusalem. We don't need to do that because Yeshua is the perfect sacrifice one time for all of us. The danger is, is when we sin and we feel no conviction. One of the mighty, powerful works of the Holy Spirit in us, and John, I'm not going to read it right now, John 16, is the power of conviction in us. But you know what the power, the conviction also, it convicts us of our righteousness in him, but it also convicts us when we're off the mark, when we miss the mark. That's a good thing. If we sin and feel no conviction, the, dull, the work of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Kodesh, is dull in us. And if we habitually do that, then I realize, are we really even saved if we are just con con habitually living in the same relationship with sin that we had before? One more word that I want us to look at. In verse 3, Romans 6, it says, Do, do you not know that all of us who were immersed or baptized into Messiah Yeshua were immersed or baptized into his death? That word immersion in Greek, of course, is a baptizo, baptizo. And, and this is a process of being placed into a new environment. You come into union with somebody else. You come out of what you were before, and now you come into union with somebody else, the person of Yeshua. We're placed into a new environment. In reality... At baptism, we're placed into Yeshua on the stick, on the tree, on the cross. Our previous condition, our previous relationship, our previous environment has been altered permanently. We don't have to go back to that. And that's where I read Romans 12, 1 and 2. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. In verse 2, it says, And be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern. See, this is the process. Our spirit is born again. It's a done deal. Yeshua is there. But it's in our body. It's in our mind. It's in our will. It's in our emotions that we're in the process of being healed up, renewed in our thinking, making right choices, life choices, righteous choices. That's what it's all about in union with Yeshua. The sinful nature has been broken by the blood of Yeshua. That is power. There is power in the blood because the sinful nature has been broken by Yeshua. And now we have a new nature, the great exchange. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Messiah, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And verse 
21, the last part of 21 says, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In him we have become the righteousness of God in him. Do you believe that? Don't look at your behavior. I know what you're thinking right now. <laughs> it's not about our good works, our good behavior. It's about what he did. It's about the finished work of Yeshua at the cross, that we are now in him. And the more that we have that understanding, we become to live, we begin to live a lifestyle of change. And that's why we're able to say, you know what, I can pick up my cross today because I know Yeshua, his blood was sufficient for me. His blood was sufficient for me. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. I'm just going to paraphrase, read these verses. Philippians 12, 2, 12 and 13. For God is the one who is constantly putting forth energy in you, giving you both the desire and the power to do his good pleasure. He wants to do good things through you and in you. His spirit is living in us. Sometimes we've lost touch of the voice of his spirit in us. We need to reattach, reconnect with that. Would you stand with me? The power, the blood of Yeshua has dethroned the power of sin in me. A lot of the shaking that is going on is not about waking up the world, but it's about waking up the ecclesia, the bride, the church, the kehilah, to who God is and to be who we've been made to be, to walk in who he's called us to be. We can only do that when we appropriate the power of his blood in us. See, the Father has called us to be a spotless bride, a pure virgin. If we focus, if we just focus on all the bad things we do, our mind will be thinking, well, you know what? That's right. I am no good. I am just a sinner. And yeah, I've got a place in heaven set apart for me. That is wrong thinking, guys. It's not about setting our minds thinking about heaven. It's like, wow. Yeshua, the king of glory, the king of the whole world is living inside of me. And he's put me in a new relationship with him. And the old relationship to sin is dead, gone. It's over. He sees us as a spotless bride. Do we see ourselves that way? And if there are areas in our lives, apply the blood to your life because there is no sin, there is no stronghold, there is no citadel in us of sin that the blood of Yeshua cannot break and demolish. There's nothing he can't deliver us from. I'm absolutely convinced of that. In these days, these are the days of Elijah that we're living in. God is in us and he's with us to rid ourselves of strongholds, of sin, and he's also in us to sustain us so that we can be a strong testimony to him. I believe that God is calling us to share our faith boldly. 